Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House today for worship, where Jesus in the readings and in the Word of God coming up invites us to see his perspective on life. See how quick it goes, and to believe him through it as well as at the end of it. We'll see more coming up. Order of service is found on screen or in your worship folder. Let's begin at this time with our opening hymn, 829. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins. 
with his innocent suffering and death, trusting in him I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, you are the giver of everything good. Inspire us, your humble servants, to long for what is right, and through your gracious guidance, accomplish it to your glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
And this is what he's holding you for, a lesson from Revelation 21. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I didn't see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The word of the Lord.
Please stand for the gospel. The sermon is based on these words from John 16. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, dear believers. Once when I was eight or nine years old, I walked into my father's pastor's office and I said, Dad, I think I want to be a pastor. And now the ministry that I have is almost half done. It goes fast. And my kids are growing up. Yours too. They grow fast and parenting has gone fast and life, life in general. Man, it goes fast. Flies on by. There's a song that came out in 2015 that sang the same tune. Once when I was seven years old is the title of that song. Still on the radio, here and there. It's about the ups and downs of life. It's about the hits and the hardships. It's it's about the joys and the successes, the friends that come and go. But really, it echoes the exact same sentiments that I've been saying today. It's a a song about how quickly and fast it all goes. Even for today. For the kids in their graduation. We train our kids and prepare them for life. How do you prepare them for a life that flies by? How do you prepare them for a life that goes so fast? I mean, once we were seven years old, once we were 14 like these graduates today in the second service, and what did we know at seven? What did we know at 14 years old? All we knew at that age is that it took forever to get there, right? And any kind of talk about being mid-40s, any kind of talk about being mid-80s, that was a lifetime away. That was never going to happen to us. It was so far down in the distance. But it wasn't. It's a blink of an eye. It just flies right on by. It goes fast. Even Jesus himself says it in the lesson today. Just a little while. In today's lesson, he's talking to his disciples, the future pastors and leaders of the Christian church. And here's what he says. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. He's talking in generals. He's talking about what's going to happen in the future. And he's talking in a way without using the specifics of the details of exactly the nitty-gritty that's going to happen. He's basically saying, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to pay for the sins of the world. In a little while, you will see me no more. You are going to witness brutality and betrayal. You are going to witness hatred and hardship. You are going to see a crucifixion. You're going to see me, if you will, at my worst. And my death is going to cut you all to the core. In a little while, you will see me no more. I am going to die. A little while later, you're going to see me. And you're going to understand. 
and you're going to grasp the fullness of what's, what's happened here and what's going on. It's just going to be a little bit. It's just going to be a little while. And then you're going to see Easter, and Easter is going to end your grief. It's not going to be a little bit of grief and a little bit of joy. It's not going to be a little bit of bitter and a little bit of sweet. It's going to be grief completely gone. Easter ended their grief, and it just ushered in tremendous, tremendous joy. I think we can all understand this morning, and I think we would all agree, and when Jesus is talking about that time span from Good Friday to Easter Sunday, three days, yeah, I think we could call three days worth a little while. That's a really, really short time. But throughout this lesson from the Gospel, he's actually talking about a second time frame as well. After his ascension, the time frame of whatever age in life you are at all the way until Jesus himself stands on this earth and he looks at you no matter what age you are today, no matter what age the disciples were, and he says, even that is just a little while. It goes fast. Do you understand that, graduates? Grade school, high school, college graduates, as you plan your future, it's going to go fast. Do you understand that parents or people who don't necessarily make it a habit for regular worship, that your life flies by? Do you understand what you're setting yourself or even your family up for? Do you understand that people who are going through tremendous life hardships right now? And maybe, maybe you've even been tempted very closely to cash it all in, to cash in your Christianity. It's just a little while. It goes fast. Oh, oh, oh I, I have looked in your eyes and I understand the brutality of cancer. And I have watched you, I've talked with you, I, I understand in concept what's happening, and I understand when you have something like that, the days seem forever. It seems miserable. And I'm not blind to what's going on in the world and what's going on in our country and what's even going on in maybe even our own backyard right here. All of the things people are bringing into their lives, the, the horrifying things, the immorality, they're, they're giving up on morality and spirituality and, and, and exchanging it for ridiculousness and sin. I see what's going on. I see marriages struggling, whether people are willing to talk to me about it or not. I see families falling apart. I see individual lives struggling in general. And I look in the eyes of godly grandparents who when they see these things happening in their world, in their, in their own backyard, in their community, and when they see these things happening even to their own kids and grandkids and their family, things that they never ever imagined would happen to them back when they were seven years old. Jesus nailed it. When he said, now is your time of grief. Now's the time we struggle with sin. Now's the time when it hurts. He said it a little more specifically. We will weep and mourn 
while the world rejoices. We had to drop the first lesson for time's sake today, but in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul said it a little differently. He said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's our time now. And if you give up, and if you walk away from Christ, and if you join the world and dancing on the supposed grave of Jesus, which is what they think they're doing, you're going to see what a long time looks like. Because hell is forever. And there is no graduation from hell. As Jesus talks about these things with his disciples, he's not doing so from a callous perspective. He understands this world of sin. He certainly understood it from the brutality of the cross. He understands hardships and challenges and physical difficulties and the things people go through. And so he understands they're legitimate, they're real, they're authentic. But his point is they're short compared to eternity. It goes fast compared to what's coming. Because when you see Jesus stand on this earth, when you see Jesus face to face, you will never grieve again. Your grieving is done. Your grieving is over. It is a completely different time. He ushers in something completely new and different. He gives you this illustration. He says, When her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. He's not minimizing the delivery. He's not minimizing the hardship it was to carry that child and, and the challenges it was. But once that baby is here, it's completely different. All of that prior stuff is done. It's a completely new phase in life. And what joy it is. And he applies it to you. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again. And you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. To see Jesus in heaven is the complete end of grief. It's a completely new phase. And it's overwhelming joy. Grief is obliterated. You need to consider that, graduates. To hold on tight, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait right here, people. Visitors. It's worth the repetition and and receiving the encouragement from the Word of God regularly in the house of God. It is worth the wait with the encouragement that's here. It's worth the daily repentance for your sin. Maybe even several times a day. It's worth taking those things to Jesus. It's worth the difficult battle of fighting temptation and fighting going down the wrong path. It is worth it. It's worth it to not give up. It's worth the patient endurance every day. Even if you look out your window, even if you look out at your congregation and you see other people giving up the fight. Not you. You remember Jesus. You remember he was once seven years old too, wasn't he? Which means he came to this world for a purpose. He was once 12 years old and he went to the temple. 
And he was faithful in the house of the Lord, growing up and even in his ministry. That was his regular custom. You remember that short ministry he had, that three-year ministry that ended in that and culminated in the resurrection. You remember that he didn't give up the faith. You remember that he was obedient in the house of the Lord on this earth so that he could be our substitute and offer his life to the Lord on behalf of every single sinner. So that your sins would be fully forgiven along with mine. And that you would know in the name of Jesus you have a Savior. Through faith in him, the door to heaven for you is wide open. And the day will come where you will have that complete joy as you see him face to face. In time, if you will, that will never end. As Jesus was spelling these things out in a general way to his disciples that day, they didn't get the big picture. And that's what his point was. The day will come where you will understand. You and I today, with the fullness of the scriptures before us, we do understand these things. And so Jesus is making a third point here as he leads us through this to say, Just because I'm about to ascend into heaven after all of this and I'm going to be absent from you, it does not make or give me an inability to help you here on earth. And so even in his absence before our eyes as he's in heaven, he gives us a solution of prayer. And he leads us to see his lordship and to say, I'm at the end of your prayers. I want you to bring these hurts. I want you to bring these challenges. I want you to bring these struggles to me, not only on the basis of my lordship, but on the basis of my humanity, because I'm one of you still. I understand what your life is like. I understand what you're going through. Do not let your life fly by without bringing to him these things. To the one person who can help you through them. He says it himself very, very clearly. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. I'd like to point out to you a thread that winds its way then through all of this. At the end of the struggle of Good Friday was seeing Jesus on Easter Sunday. Throughout the struggle of our life, Day in and day out, as we struggle in this world of sin, we are going to see Jesus stand upon this earth. At the beginning and middle of our prayer life, as we're taking these things to the Lord, at the end of our prayers stands and hears Jesus. He listens to every single one of those. Do you see the routine here? He's at the end of everything. Which is why day in and day out, he needs to be the point of our everything. Do you know how you prepare people for a fast life? You give them Jesus. You teach them to hold to him. Once we were all a few years old, weren't we? And it goes fast. No matter what age you are right now. Flies by. It's just a little while. But that day is going to come. And we will see our Savior at the end of all of this. And what joy there will be. 
Amen. Please stand. May the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and rejoice with Tyler and Jessica Wolfert at the birth of their brand new daughter, Bristol Lynn, just a few days ago. Thank you for this joy and blessing and bless their growing family. Lord, we also ask that you would comfort Tim and Ann Doro and their family at the passing of Tim's mother, Germaine, Saturday morning. Bring them joy at knowing she now sees you, Jesus, and is free from sin, and her days are lengthened. We praise you for this Christian woman and her firm faith. We ask you to help Leon Luce as she transitions into hospice. Please, Lord, relieve her pain and help her through these struggles nearing the end of her life. Lord, bless today the graduates from St. Paul's School and keep them faithful to you all their lives. And we praise you for the 90 years of the Sunday School ministry we've had here. You have been our help through ages past and our hope for years to come. Bless our children by your faithful word. It's in your name we pray and now join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always.